touch of your hand makes my pulse react That it's only the thrill of boy meeting girl while possess a track It's physical Must try to ignore that and mean more than that. Oh, what's love got to do? Got to do with it. What's love but a second-hand emotion? What's love got to do? Got to do with it. Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? It may seem to you that I'm. Yeah, I wanted to play. The entire thing, but <laughs> yeah, but of course, then then YouTube will shut it right down. <laughs> yeah, so I'm surprised it's not shut down already. But right, uh, <laughs> Tina Turner passed away today, 83 years old. Yeah, how about that? I mean, she's great. <laughs> you know, it's it's really. I don't. Did you ever see her perform live? I did not. A lot on TV, but yeah. I only got to see her perform once. It was down at Richfield, 1985. Just looked it up. Um, August 22nd of 1985. And it was a great show. It was a huge show. It was when when she was doing the um, uh, We Don't Need Another Hero or whatever, that Mad Max tour. Yeah, yeah. But it was a giant stage. It was her with Glenn Fry opening. How ironic. Both of them gone now. Yeah. But um, what a show it was. I mean, Glenn Fry just came out and killed, and he was doing the, you know, you belong, in this, you belong to the city and that Don Johnson, Miami Vice type stuff. Yeah. And then Tina came out, and she had the whole Mad Max look, like everybody in her band was dressed Mad Max-ish. And, That's awesome. You know, and, and she just laid it down. She was she was riding high from that song and from, obviously, everything on Private Dancer. And um, great show, great artist. I, I was a big fan of Tina Turner, man. I'm, I'm, it's funny, I texted my mom, who's an even bigger fan of Tina, like a huge right. fan. I texted her when I saw the news, and she hit me back, and she just wrote... This one really makes me sad. And I was like, yeah, I get that because she was she was she was bigger than life and the thing you know, is yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, she actually you know crossed over many generations too. I mean, that's what is, you know, interesting. Well, my daughter came home and she even saw the news because I had Fox on and they were talking about it. She's like, "Oh my god, Tina Turner died?" Yeah. She was sad about it. Yeah, she really did cross all all the genre lines, especially Dude, when Private Dancer came came along, that was when I, I mean my I I've said this on my other shows, but I don't think I've said it here. My mom was definitely the cool rock mom. Like took me to see Led Zeppelin in seventy seven when I was nine years old, you know, and you know, she she um she was a bank she was a personal banker for um Barry Gable. So oh, right. every time every time Gable came in, she worked at National City Bank back then. And every time Gable came into her office to do their banking, she would give or he would give her tickets to whatever they were doing during the week, you know, tickets yeah. and passes and stuff. And my mom, I mean, my mom, if, if you go through her record collection, it was all the cool stuff. You know, it was like my dad listened to all the horrible stuff, the Glenn Campbell and Jim Neighbors and <laughs> yeah. garbage like that. But then my mom was always like Stones, Who you know uh you know all the rock stuff and she was she even now my mom's 74 years old she listens to like ti and stuff like that she's still <laughs> current with her music and 
but I what I remember is Tina Turner was for in my house was like the one artist that really cross pollinated. You know, because at that time in the in the eighties, you know, we were going off into like Madonna territory and stuff, which my mom was not was not digging, and and I was into like Madonna and Prince and John Cougar and you know Billy Squire and oh, everything yeah. that was popular at at that moment. And then Tina Turner came out with Private Dancer, and it was like, wow, this is one my mom's listening to, and I'm listening to. It was a true it was a true crossover, at least in my house and. It's the same thing for me. It was, you know, my parents were both, you know, into the more hip kind of music. They sure. You know, the, like we said, Glenn Campbell and that kind of Yeah, stuff. right, right, right. Uh, so, yeah, I remember that. And I mean, that Private Dance was that. That's the album that I kind of got into everything. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I was born in 76. And I was kind of like, you know, yeah. when I started listening to music and getting into music. And, um, yeah, I know my mom was a big fan of Tina Turner. And I, the, the Mad Max stuff obviously was cool and sure. Um, well, well she had a story past too. I mean, you can't. Yeah, well, the the thing too about Tina at that time, it probably because Private Dancer came out in what eighty four, I think eighty three, yeah. somewhere in there. The thing you, I mean, it was right when MTV was blowing up. Right. The the weird thing is, if she would have come, if MTV would have come out even like three years later, I don't think Tina Turner would have been would have had that comeback. I think she would have been remembered for Proud Mary and, you know, the, the Ike stuff. Yeah. But MTV, I mean, she was she was like an old star. You know, like everything else on MTV at that time was 22-year-olds from Ireland, U2, and, you know, and Michael Jackson and, you know, that kind of stuff. And then Tina Turner came out and was just massive on, I mean, she was massive on MTV. Yeah, it was kind of funny. They had uh, Kennedy as part of the Fox News team. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had Kennedy on just a little bit ago, and she okay. was obviously with MTV when all that stuff was happening. Sure. And so she was on talking about, you know, what an influence she was and how big she became because of that MTV. Oh, era. yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and then I think she was the first black woman on the cover of Rolling Stone. I believe that's true as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I gotta agree with Rick there. She was sexy. <laughs> yeah, she she always said that she had little girl legs. Now, yeah, I've seen you know legs, a lot of legs in my time. Man. Those <laughs> are not little girl legs. Man. Those no. are powerful. Oh yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. those were collecting dollars from in G string legs. That's what they were. They were sexy as hell. Yeah, she was a uh, she was something, man. Yeah, she was. It's a big loss. I mean, it's sad. I mean, you know you're huge when they've written musicals about you. Well, that was the other thing that I was going to say is that she's had kind of a resurgence lately because yeah. of the musical that they came out with, Tina, whatever it was. Yeah. And there's a whole new group of fans that were getting to, mm-hmm. to know her. But I think I think she died in her house in Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. She moved out of the country but several years ago now. It wasn't like a year ago or something. But, you know, she... she if I remember the story correctly, it's not that old, but she kind of predicted that she was done, that she was dying like a year ago or so because she, she, she made some declaration, I don't know, six, eight months, maybe a year ago about that. She was retiring from public life, you know, to just go and live out her days with her, with her very wealthy husband. 
and um and you know now here we are she's gone so she must have i i read i i mean i read stuff quickly before we came on but um she died of uh, what does it say what she died of or just all i saw was long illness yeah that's all i saw i don't know i wonder what her net worth was probably good probably hers personally and then she was married i think the guy that she was married to is a billionaire so i don't think they were worrying about you know tonight's dinner (laughs) (laughs) uh 57 minutes ago they put out a thing how much uh she was worth 250 million dollars and that's her net worth Jeez. Yeah. yeah i don't doubt that i mean dude i mean when i saw her i i i mean i i, I can only judge it by like size of stage and stuff because you know if, you know bands that aren't doing so well they have smaller stages it's just a rule and i mean when i saw tina in 85 the stage was it was as big as the it was as big or bigger than the stage that i saw van halen on in the same room, you know, in in the in the same room in the right. Coliseum, so I'm comparing, I'm comparing the two, and she her stage was bigger than Van Halen's, and it's like wow, you know, <laughs> yeah, so she had impressive. she had some money, you know, that was the other weird thing, and I know I'm just rambling here. No, go ahead, please. When I saw her, and, and this is it, still sticks in my head today, and I don't know why. It was the only time I saw a zillion shows at the Coliseum. I don't know if you did or not because you're younger. I saw a few, but yeah. But yeah, I I mean, I probably saw a hundred concerts at the Coliseum. I saw one where the stage was kind of on the left side of the Coliseum instead of the right. And it was this Tina Turner show. And I never understood why because always, you know, I always have, I kind of always sat sort of in the same section that was like dead front second deck you know that's as a kid that's all i could afford right you know but i always had like the front seats and i just remember it wasn't the same section it was like the opposite section that i sat in for tina turner because it was the only show i ever saw on the on the flip side of the coliseum maybe it was like a uh like a lucky thing or something that she had where she like, like, yeah, I mean, for all I know, it could, it could have just been power construction as right. well. I mean, I mean, who knows? But, <laughs> but I, I just still, to this day, it's the one thing that I remember about that show is it was opposite of every other show I ever saw at that place. Would you stop Jim? Tina got the COVID. Stop liar. Even if she did, whatever. I had the COVID, you know, so did I. COVID doesn't kill you necessarily. Yeah, there's a lot of people, Jim, that had COVID. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but sad loss, man. It Definitely is. A- it's a very sad loss. I mean, and it, but at the same time, you know, you start to sit and think about everything. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point, you're going to lose all these people. Oh, Except yeah. Keith Richards, he's going to be alive until you know, forever. Yeah. Uh, but you're going to lose. Oh yeah, they're they're all going. Look, eighty three is a pretty long life. Yeah, yeah that's, I didn't say that to my mom because she's seventy four. But well, you know, know, my dad <laughs> did too. And you know, I didn't want to say, hey, she got it all in because then my mom's like, well, did I get it all in? I was like, no, nah, I don't want to say that. But you know, um, yeah, I, I mean, dude, it, it's the it is the true sadness of being this age, and it's something that I don't even think our parents really went through. We grew up in an age where we sort of saw our TV, saw our rock stars, our our rock and roll people, where, you know, even even 20 years earlier than me, you know, I mean, I, I, I was an 80s kid, the, even the 70s kids, 
a lot of them didn't know they're rock stars. Like they didn't know what the Eagles looked like or, yeah. you know, the Dave Clark five or whatever it was that they were listening to. Right. You know, they didn't know, they didn't know that to where when we see it, we can instant, when you saw the news that Tina Turner died, you can immediately picture videos and her look and the hair and the, you oh, know, yeah. you, you can, because we saw it, it was right in our, right in our face for, for our youth. And it, I think it's making it, it's making it harder now. Cause it seems like once a week we get a notification that somebody died from that era. <laughs> I remember this morning I was, I was laying there mm-hmm. and all of a sudden my phone goes off with a Fox notification and get all that shit on my phone. Mm-hmm. And it said, member of the Beatles dies. I'm like, Oh my God. Well, there's only, well, there's either Paul or Ringo. <laughs> so I'm sitting there going, all right, one of them is gone. Right. And so I'm freaking out. I'm like, all right, this is going to be the story that I have to talk about tonight. Sure. Is, you know, one of the Beatles is gone. And I click on it, and it's just the greatest clickbait of all time. Right. It was a guy that played, like, three times with the Beatles on, open on like, dates that there wasn't <laughs> a bass player to play with the Beatles. I'd never heard of the guy. Right. And he died. But they put it out in the perfect clickbait. One of the members of the Beatles died. Yeah. No, one guy that played with the Beatles three times when somebody was sick. <laughs> yeah. Played with the Beatles. Exactly. Meanwhile, he's a guy that tuned the bass for McCartney or something. Right. <laughs> I called my wife. I'm like, one of the members of the Beatles died. And she's like, who? And so I, I click on the story and I, was, I told her who it was. She's like, I've never even heard of the guy. My wife knows more about music than anything anybody I've ever met other than sure. you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I've never heard of the guy. Right. But yeah. I mean, that's what they do. But yeah, we're losing people. And it's, I mean, I guess it's natural, yeah. but it's going to keep happening with all the, the people getting all these right. the stories that we liked growing up. Sure. Well, you know what the, the interesting thing is, is I don't want to say completely and all, but most of the really, really biggest names have not passed away yet. You know, like, like we've lost John Entwistle from The Who. But we haven't lost Roger Daltrey or Pete Townsend. And those are the guys. Yeah. You know, the biggest guy that I think we've lost was taken out with a gun, which was, you know, uh, John Lennon. You know, I mean, but eventually we're going to get that ring on the phone that's going to say Paul McCartney, because he's got to be in his 80s at this point. You know, he's going to go soon. Ringo. Ringo's got to go soon. And, And, you know. That Elvis, we lost with the yeah, we did ice lose cream sandwich or something like that. But I mean, yeah. yeah. But again, Elvis, Elvis, another one that um, you know, he, it didn't surprise anybody when Elvis died. Not really. People knew he was very unhealthy. It was not, it was kind of obvious that he was checking out early. We've had a lot of guys that have checked out early: the Kurt Cobains and the you know Dimebags and Morrison. You know, Morrison. We've only had a few guys that have gone old and and died of of real age, of real prominence, like like Dio. You know, Ronnie James Dio was what sixty nine or something when he died, and and he was certainly prominent. But um, you know, it's it's we're gonna get there soon. I mean, I mean, at some point we're gonna see James Hetfield of Metallica passes away, or you know, yeah, it's weird to see guys like that. I mean, we lost Michael Jackson, of course. Yeah. Um, but it's gonna be weird to see guys that I I grew up with. I mean, right now, like somebody like Tina Turner, I guess, is more my parents grew up with Tina sure. Turner mm-hmm. than than 
we did, but we're going to start to see guys that we grew yeah. up with uh, dying of natural causes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's going to be a. Well, dude, it, it's so weird to me is like, you know, guys that I know now that are in, you know, and, you know, I know a lot of guys in the rock world. They're in their 70s. Yeah. You know, when I start when I start really thinking about, you know, guys that I consider to be like friends. You know, like like Don Dockin is like sixty six years old or something. I'm like Jesus, yeah. sixty six. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm saying that like that's old, and then I'm like, oh well, wait a minute, I'm fifty four. Right, know? it's like I ain't that far behind. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it is weird. It, it's weird watching. I'm, you know, I, I would love it if I don't see another one of my favorite band guys ever die. You know, but. Somehow, I don't think that's going to be the case. And, you know, Sandy called it a shock earlier, and you know, to an extent, I guess it is a shock. I mean, I guess we weren't expecting it, but right. at the same time, you're, you're talking about a woman who's 83 years old, probably did yeah. have some health problems, wasn't, you know, doing, you, know, you never yeah. really heard about her, but I mean, 83 is, yeah, is 83. Old. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, nobody ever dies at 83, and you go, man, that's that's way too early. You know, you, <laughs> yeah. you never, you never hear that. You, you always. I mean, hear, that's oh, awful to say, but yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and you know what, dude? And it's the weirdest thing in life. Everybody has a different, has a different frame up of of life as well. You know, like for me, I'm never going to be 80 years old. Look at me, I'm a big fat tub of goo. You know, I'm not going to be 80 years old. I and hear I, you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that's it. And it's like, for for some people, you don't look to be a hundred. You know. I personally would not want to live to be 80 years old or 83 or 100 because, look, I'm 54 and I'm already starting to feel it, you know. And and obviously the the accident that I was in took took its toll on me to where it's like I'm really feeling it. And it's like, ugh. you know, I can't imagine doing this and losing muscle and everything else to be able to keep functioning. You know, it just yeah, doesn't sound I, good. But I looked up one day like – life expectancy of somebody with um, like an amputee amputations yeah. and stuff like that and i as soon as i clicked on it i clicked right off of it because i saw <laughs> something i didn't want to see and i was like all right let's go on to the next yeah. article <laughs> see, did. what did it say 48 I'm, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna look up any of those things anymore <laughs> no you looked uh, it up and it said 50 and you were like oh no <laughs> well it said something i not lie it said like uh, most amputees are lucky to live past the first year and i'm like what? I mean, I've seen a lot of people with like fake legs and shit sure. walking around. Like, you know, what does that mean? And you know, I think a lot of it comes from like mental health issues well, yeah. and other things. But um, I, was, I was like, I, mean, I crossed that barrier, so I'm happy sure. about that. Uh, but when you see that kind of, dude, you, know, you, you that's can't frightening just, stuff. Let me just tell you, I just said ex- not to look up anything like that. Eh, yeah, I'll tell you from experience, <laughs> and this is this is God's honest experience. When I got burned up, when I was in that industrial accident, yeah, the doctors told my wife at the time, make any arrangements you need to make. He's never going to live out surgery, out of the initial surgery. That's what they told her. They said, make any funeral <laughs> arrangements while oh, I was God. still alive on the table. Ugh. You know, I mean, barely alive on the table. And then I went into the coma and I, you know, I did a couple of three weeks in a coma and then I remember them waking, you know, when I was awake, they had this meeting where they brought everybody in and said they were going to cut off my pinkies and they were going to cut off my arm and that I was never going to be able to walk without a walker. And I and I beat that odd, you know, then, you know, I beat all those odds. Then it was, 
well, if you don't, if you don't, you know, work out really hard and you don't do this, you don't do that, you know, all these different things, you're not going to live a year. So then we spent the first year wondering if I was going to have a heart attack or whatever every single day of the first year. And I didn't have that. And then it was, well, you know, if you get five years with, with the percentage of burns that you have, then you, you know, that's considered good. And I beat that. So, you know what, dude, you know, now I'm 54, you know, the doctor, it's funny. It's, it's been a running joke with my friends forever. Cause the doctor told me when I cleared all those hurdles, the last time I heard this was 55 years old is, is what I should, I should strive for. Uh, was to get to 55 and i always joke about you know i i have joked for years got three years left got two years left you know i've always because you know i i don't you can't live your life in fear no matter what no matter what happens to you no matter what you go through you you dig through it you you dig in and you you beat it you know you beat it and if i don't i don't you know but you know, for me personally, and I mean, I've been through some, I've been through the worst kind of shit anybody ever needs to needs to hear. You know, I wasn't supposed to get these any of it. I was supposed to be dead at 26 on a table. They told my wife to call a funeral home right. at 26 years old. I'm 54 now. I'm I think I'm pretty healthy, other than the stupid wing that will not heal. <laughs> you know, and and. I'm thankful beyond thankful for every single day that I get, you know, and I take advantage of it. And, and, and if today is the day, if I drop dead here, when you go to the, to Triv's restaurant commercial, well, I had a good run. All right. Let's not do that. (laughs) Let's not do, let's not do any of that. It'd be a little bit more positive. I, you know, uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, the other day I talked to you and you said, what's up. And I started off the, the conversation with, well, this day has been shitty or something like that. And then I was like, but it's good to be alive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, look, if I, I went through when, when I was going through my, my recovery from the burns, you know, I, I did everything that, that they tell you to do. I'm sure they told you the same thing with your leg, go to support group. It's going to help you. It's going to make you, you know, get, get in touch with other people that have been through it that could tell you how to blah, 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 blah. And I did that, and I could not have been more miserable. I was, I, I, I literally got kicked out of burn support group because, because I, I couldn't deal with, you know, people that were hurt far more, far less than me that were whining and complaining about their situation. You know, guys that like burned their arm or something and, you know, lost pigment in their skin. Right. And I'm sitting there at 69% burned, 52% grafts. And I'm I'm listening to this guy that's got a you know got a burn on his arm, and I was like, Jesus, you know, stop it, you know, it, it just, bleh. you know, for me it was like I I had to leave that and then move move to uh you know move on to doing what I do, which is what I did. I started I I literally stopped going to support group. And I started going into rooms like other burn victims that were going through it. And I wasn't, I wasn't through it yet. I mean, this is when I was still rehabbing myself, but I would go walk into other burn victims rooms and just be like, Oh, 30%. You got this, bro. Let's go. You know, you know, and, and they would all ask me the same questions. How did you, how do you get through it in your head? How do you look at yourself? How do you blah, blah, blah. You know? And I was always like, look, you just deal with it. You, 
you toughen up and you move forward. Absolutely. I remember I was walking out. I had to go get something at the uh, um, hospital. I was doing therapy not that long ago. Sure. And I was walking out, and there was a guy. It was bizarre because it looked almost like me. Mm-hmm. But he was in a wheelchair, and he was missing his right leg. Mm-hmm. Same kind of spot that I'm missing mine. And he's trying to wheel up this ramp. Right. And he was struggling hard. Sure. And I remember when he got to the top of the ramp, I looked at him and said, dude, you're going to get this and it'll be just fine. I was like, I'm where where you are right now. I was there yeah. not that long ago. And mm-hmm. I was like, I promise you, whatever you're thinking now, it's going to get better for you. Sure. And that struggle you're having getting up this ramp right now, you're going to be me walking right. up it shortly. Right. Was, dude, you, you went to Metro, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I Me too. And the rehab clinic like there's that parking garage there at Metro. Yeah. And then there's that little rehab clinic on the, like across, you have to cross the street and yeah. then it's right there. Well, that's where I did most of my rehab. And one of the things, when I first got out of the hospital, and this is, this is, I'm going to tell some illegal stories, but you know, it is what it is. I don't think they could prosecute me 37 years later, but I was not, 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 not supposed to be driving. You know, when I first got out of the I mean, I was, I could damn near barely move, but I, but you know, I, I had a wife, I had three little kids and I, and Metro was far. I lived in Bedford. Yeah. So Metro was really far and the day, and it was 10 hour days of rehab, you know, relearn to use my hands, relearn to walk, doing all that stuff. So within about maybe a month, it just got overwhelming for my wife, you know, to, deal with me to deal with the kids to try and wrap us all up and get us to the hospital and then hang out at the hospital all day right you know it was it was a real bitch and so i just decided at some point well i'm just gonna drive myself you know didn't matter that i was high as a kite on percocet you know because i was taking them by the handfuls to get through the pain and but i remember one one specific day it was in the winter I got to the hospital, parked in that little parking garage. At this point, I could barely walk. I mean, I was I, I was still at a point that I couldn't lift my feet to walk. I was kind of doing that shuffle thing that, yes. that people do. And I got outside, and it was cold, and I got about halfway across the street doing the little shuffle, and I couldn't go any further. <laughs> I was like, if I take one more step, I'm going to fall down. So I'm standing in the middle of the street, just standing there, and it's snowing and it's cold. And I'm like, I'm like, what am I gonna fucking do here? And literally a guy pulled up in his car, got out the car, walked me across, and just looked at me and said, Ben there, you'll be fine. And got back in his car, came, went back to the road, got in his car. <laughs> Walked away after, I don't know the guy's name. I never saw him again, but he just kind of, it was one of those moments where I was really thinking about, this is as far as I can go. I can't do this. And he literally just kind of came over, walked me to the, walked me in, parked his car in the street, no less, walked me into the, into the clinic and then just w- disappeared. It was like, Wow. You know, but I always think about that guy whenever I'm re- ready to quit on something today. I always think about that moment where I was, I couldn't go even a step further. And this guy was like, yeah, you can. Let's do this. Yeah. And he did. He helped me through it. 
Well, Rick wanted to know, did you see any crazy stuff? When I was in the coma? I believe that's what he was asking. Yeah. Um, I I saw like I had these dreams. First of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna shamelessly plug my book here. There's this book right here, Call <laughs> Me Chris, that um just happened to be on the desk. Honestly, it wasn't like I pulled it here suddenly. It was actually just happened to be on the desk. But it's it's available on Amazon, and you can read all about my fun adventures. But um, I did write in the book about my dreams and. I had I had dreams, not like, like, I didn't have a moment where it's like, hey, let's go to the light or any, you know, any of that nonsense that you see. But I I definitely had some weird dreams that, if you asked, if you put me on a lie detector, would absolutely be considered truth. Like, like I would pass a lie detector with like, one of the dreams was that I had that I saw these huge bugs all over my room like on the walls crawling around the walls like trying to snap at me and stuff and i i swear to god it happened i know it didn't but you know i had that i think i told once before about being on the pirate ship and being <laughs> being feeling like i was chained to the <clears throat> to the wall of a pirate ship and that was because you know i I was going through surgery, so my mind was registering the being cut on, you know, yeah. like like the, the pirates were torturing me as I was chained to this thing. And I was tied to my bed because I have a graph right here yeah. that they were trying to stretch out. So I was I was kind of Jesus on a, on the cross tied to the bed. Wow. And um, but in my mind, I was chained to the wall <clears throat> of this pirate ship and um and I, I, again, I would swear that it was true, <laughs> but, um, you know, obviously it wasn't. And, um, yeah, I, I had, I had my share of weird, weird dreams and stuff like that, that in the, in the coma time. And, and honestly, I had weird, weird dreams even after, like I, I spent so much time on morphine and then Percocet that. It's it's really hard to tell what was reality and what was was you know nonsense that was going on in my head, and that's even after I got out of the hospital. That was weird. Now, see, I uh, maybe you and I differ just because of you know beliefs or whatever, but I felt like I saw something more than I felt like it was more than just a dream when I was in. Like, okay, like, and I know that I was in pretty rough shape too. Sure, they weren't telling even my wife what was going on with me right. at that point, and I remember. And actually, I've watched YouTube videos about this after the fact that there are people that have actually seen kind of similar things that I saw. Okay, and it was kind of like a a forest, and there were these winged whatevers, right, that were guiding me through this forest. Okay. And then when I got out of the forest, and I remember the colors. I remember the colors being vibrant and everything else. I remember, but it was it was very, very real. Sure. But they were guiding me somewhere. And when I got out of the forest, there was something else that was guiding me. And it was guiding me through a town where there was a house. And I remember, the, I mean, I'm not saying it was the light with a tunnel and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a light in the house that they were, this whatever, was guiding me towards. Right. And... All I remember then is I remember hearing the 
paramedics, whoever it was, the nurses, doctors, whatever it was, pulling out whatever tube was in me, and I yeah. so I could breathe again on my own. Right. right. And then everything went away, and I was back to what I was doing. Sure. But the, the weird part about it was, it wasn't that long afterwards that I, I was sitting there in a wheelchair at home watching TV, and it was the I can't remember was it was the Queen something or other. Um, okay. And they showed. Not her death or anything. It was something, the coronation, whatever. I don't remember. What yeah, it was something, something royal family. Yeah, and so they showed a, a statue right outside of the palace. Okay. And I remember seeing that on these winged things that were driving me around. Okay. Or like leading me around. Right. And when I looked up what the statue was, it was an angel statue. Oh. But I remembered the wings were exactly the same. As what I saw when I was near gone. Yeah. And for me, because I recognized something like that and looked it up and saw what it was, it was very real that something other than just a dream was 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 what I felt like. I don't know. For all I know, it was just a dream. Yeah, you know, well, said, oh, you were just dreaming. Well, maybe. But well, it, it, from, from what I understand, and, and again, I, I don't even claim... To understand much, you know, but like you, you read, you, once you, once your head gets clear, you start reading about, well, why did this happen? And why did that happen? You know, from what I understand, you know, when you're in a coma, your, your mind tries to, tries to define what's going on without bringing the reality that might scare you into it. And I don't know why this pirate stuff was not supposed to be scary because it was, but you know, it it probably was less scary than thinking about, you know, surgeons doing surgery on me while I was, you know, unconscious. You know, you know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, the whole coma thing is weird, man, because it that's really, a, yeah, that's, oh, that's interesting. It, it, you hear stories. Everybody has anybody that's ever been in a coma has a story about it. Yeah. N- nobody, nobody, not a single person I've ever met that's been in a coma comes out and says, yeah, I don't remember anything. No one, <laughs> right? And the thing is, like, I, I never, th- you never think you're going to be in one. <laughs> no, not at all. When you are, it's, it's something. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I'm fortunate with mine personally. You know, I, I think every, again, everybody's different, and and I, you know, anybody who knows anything about burns knows that the worst part is when they scrub the the dead skin off. You know, yeah. and and prep you for for the recovery and grafts and all that stuff and. I am beyond thankful. If I'm thankful for anything about my accident, which I'm actually thankful for a lot of it, but if I'm more than thankful about the one thing, it's that when I went through it, I was in a coma during that phase. You know, 69% burned. They had to scrub an awful lot of dead off me. And, you know, I was like, I was like, that's brutal. You know, and, and I don't remember any of that. You know, I just woke up and it was already done. I was like, okay, that's good. Yeah, I was obviously in a coma when they took the leg off. Sure, and then, but I did have another surgery after that to have more of it taken off. Mm. Um, but it wasn't uh, obviously nothing I remembered. I mean, like, sure. I remember being wheeled into the, the operating room, and I remember get, they said, "All right, get on that table." I remember getting on the table, and as soon as I got on that table, that was it. I don't remember anything right. after that. But, so who told you what happened? Was it your doctor or was it was it Heather or was it your your dad or who was it? 
What, the, the leg was gone? Yeah. Who uh, told you initially? I I don't know. I like I because I was so uh, medicated and drugged right. up. I don't remember how that all happened. I mean, I remember vaguely. I, my dad says that I called him and and told him that I was going to have to have the leg taken off. So somebody would have had, and I know my wife had to sign for it. Sure, because I couldn't sign for it. So I, I couldn't. Uh, I, I don't know. And then I remember there was one doctor. And I had seen him, I saw him months afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember when I saw him months afterwards, I recognized his voice. I was like, dude, I recognize your voice. When did I meet you? He's like, I was with you every day after uh, <laughs> wow. your surgery and made sure that you were okay. And I, I talked to you every morning. But I didn't remember his face. I didn't remember anything. I just remembered the sound of his voice. And I just, I gave the guy a hug because I just remembered sure. that, that sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, and I mean, dude, you've you are definitely one of one. You're like a true survivor because you don't hide behind it. You're not you're not trying to hide the fact. You know, you're out there. You're talking about it, and you know what? Oh, yeah. That's that's good for your brain, man. It's good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's absolutely good for your brain to actually acknowledge it and and not anybody that hides from something that they've been through, especially when it's not your fault. You know. If you would have chosen that path, which a lot you know this, dude, a lot of people do. A lot of people get an amputation. A lot of people get a burn accident, whatever, and they never come out of their house again. No. And, you know, you've made yourself probably in your own head stronger by, by talking about it and by yeah. answering questions and letting people ask you questions. Yeah, I'm more than willing to take it on, take it head on. Yeah. Uh, still feel a foot, like said, yes. It's the most bizarre thing ever, like. Right. There are days where I'm sitting there going, Dude, my right foot hurts. <laughs> Look, there is no right foot there, but right. it hurts. <laughs> yeah, that's but, a, that's one of them things. That is, I, I've heard that about about amputations, is that like for years you have that too. From what I understand, oh, yeah. is you know, I mean, dude, it it, it really is a. It, it's hard to explain, you know. To to, I always call them commoners, which is not really the nicest way to put it, but to people that have not been through something, you know, it's hard to explain this stuff to people, you know, because it's, it's otherworldly stuff as far as 99% of the world's problems, I guess, you know, but I always look at it as for me, it makes me tough. You know, for me, it's always like, Oh, uh, you can't afford to pay your rent this month. Yeah. Well, I was dead. (laughs) I win. (laughs) You're not, you're not going to bowl me over in sorrow anymore because I've beaten, I've beaten way bigger things than, you know, you don't like the way your website looks or whatever. You know, it's like, (laughs) who cares? All right. Well, we got started on this because Tina Turner passed away. That's right. Uh, we got Tony Masasso coming up in about a half hour, but we have some other things I guess to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we talk to Tony. So let's take a quick break. I want you to listen to the, well, listen to all the commercials, but listen to this first one. Yellow Brick Road um, okay. Auctions is very cool. It's got a, this woman has a great service. It's something very unique, and it's a lot of fun, too, in my right. opinion. But again, Tina Turner, dead at 83, mm. and uh, we're still taking your comments and everything else. We'll be back in a few minutes. Hang on. <laughs> Thank you. 
no place like home and whether it's furniture artwork home accessories appliances or that one-of-a-kind collectible yellow brick road online auctions allows you to find everything you need from the comfort of your own home the owner of yellow brick road auctions has been conducting online estate auctions for over eight years by providing homeowners with a stress-free process to liquidate all items that have accumulated over the years i'm melissa mendici owner of yellow brick road auctions Log on today to find your heart's desire. Hey, it's Seth from Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road in the Pleasant Valley Shopping Center right next to Big Lots. You got to check out Mario, man. Great guy, does a lot for charities, but can perform miracles with hair. He even made me look clean cut. Does my hair, does a great job. Love talking to the guy while I'm sitting there. It's a great place to go. Local business. You gotta go to Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road. Again, in Parma, Pleasant Valley Shopping Center, right next to Big Lots. Or give them a call, 216-520-1977. That's 216-520-1977, Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Trust Joe's Lakewood Computer at 14035 Madison in Lakewood. They have over 30 years of professional service handling laptop and desktop repair services, virus removal, and data migration, and much more. You can trust them with hardware updates to your computer's memory and hard drive. Call 216-651-3880. Whether you need a simple Windows install or you're interested in the latest computers for gaming, call Joe's Lakewood Computer at 216-651-3880. This is Tim Elkhorn, radio voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers for attorney Will Spiegelberg. Will Spiegelberg is not only a name you know, he's someone you can trust as your attorney no matter the circumstance. Will Spiegelberg is an attorney you can always count on. Will Spiegelberg is the attorney you should contact for all your legal work. When you need an attorney, call Will Spiegelberg at 216-233-4240. Attorney Will Spiegelberg, a great teammate. 216-233-4240. 216-233-4240. Right back here on the Seth Williams Show, Chris Aiken from Chris Aiken Presents, Chris, the CMS Network, and Classic Metal Show, 8 billion other things you do. <laughs> yeah. Chris well, Aiken, IT services, everything. Right. everything. Pinball PA, books, Pinball PA. You know, yeah. All right. this stuff. <laughs> Dude, before before you go into a topic, I just wanted to share a quick tech update that is... Yeah. Um, is going to be, I think, helpful for the show. All right. At long last, I got what is known. There's a there's another avenue to everything we do called CMS TV, which is a 24 um, seven TV online TV station that plays plays 
not only when we're live, but you know, it also plays, you know, older episodes of this show and all the other shows on the network on it. And there's actually a player that's built into the homepage of the SethWilliamsShow.com where people can watch it. We'll be watching right now. I just pulled it up to make sure it's working and I'm and I see us talking, nice. you know, right now. So um but the the reason I bring this up is forever I've been struggling with trying to get the automation to work right. But I finally got it working and I've been test running it this week. But beginning on Tuesday of next week, or really beginning Monday of next week, the show, Seth the Seth Williams show, will be on every Monday through Friday uh, from 4 to 6. Nice. Mon- Mondays and Wednesdays, it'll be live. But if you miss Monday, you can catch it on Tuesday. If you miss Wednesday, you can catch it on Thursday. And then there'll be a, an archive episode that runs on Friday. So well, that's awesome. So, so where do they get it? Just go to just the, the SethWilliamsShow.com. Go to the SethWilliamsShow.com. You can click on it there. And yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's right there. And if you want to, you know, if you if you're busy or at work or, you know, the car wasn't getting Internet or whatever when we were on live, you can go and, and watch it, you know, every day, four to six. That's fantastic. Yeah, that should that should make it easier to to make your drive home to to hear us instead of <laughs> the garbage that's over there at uh, T.A.M. Yeah, and it is, man, believe me. <laughs> There's, if there's one goal that I would have other than this podcast going, you know, as far as I dream it can go, sure, would be to just go over there and just help them make that show funny again. <laughs> yeah, I, I they mean, got I, going on. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've barely listened, and when I have listened, it hasn't been any. Look, Triv to me, I'll just be honest. Triv to me was a tough listen, not because of Triv, not because of you. But because of the nine million commercials, because he was so damn successful, yeah, you, you know that made it tough to listen to sometimes. But the the morsels that we got were good, were fun and funny, and you know, interesting. It made you think. It made you yell and and mf triv sometimes, and you know, I mean, it did all those things. But that eighteen minutes or twenty two minutes of commercials an hour was tough. And see, that's where you know, and I, I don't know what they do now because I don't listen. Uh, but you know, we came up with a clock that actually worked very well. Sure. And the problem is, management over there is is, is fucking clueless. Right, right, right. Um, and then the one that had a clue, they got rid of. Um, yeah. But they, I came to them and I said, look, you know, all of your FM <laughs> successful talk shows. Mm-hmm. Are doing these clocks where you you, know, you give them twenty minutes of of talk time, yeah, and then you play eight minutes of commercials. Mm-hmm. Well, people will sit through eight minutes of commercials to get yeah. to twenty minutes of straight talk. Yeah, and and you, you can do break it with other shows, and you can break it up with a live read in the middle somewhere as well, too, right? Like, or or a triv read commercial would be mixed in there somewhere so they'd hear his yeah. voice and so can, keep staying in. But I mean we. Or he'd go smoke, and it would be the eight minutes of commercial. Right. But it was at least you got 20 minutes here and then 20 more minutes mm-hmm. of trips. You, you know, if you want to train, that stupid station trained an audience to know exactly when commercials were coming up. Mm-hmm. You knew exactly every 10 minutes, and they do it now. When stupid traffic is coming up, there's no traffic in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, not really. Okay, great. There's a water main break on Pleasant Valley. Now you know that and move on. But 
you don't need three, four, five minutes of news breaks all the time telling you no. the news of the day. People know the news. They got a phone. Yeah. And so they trained an audience when to tune out. I said, why don't we train the audience to know when Triv is going to be on for 20 minutes at a time? Right. So get all your junk done for six, seven minutes, and then go ahead and have 20 minutes of talk time. Yeah. And they went with it for a little while, and then unfortunately, you know, we all know what the rest happened. But no. um, you know, it, they they wanted him to fail. Uh. And that's what that really, really sucks, is that they set him up numerous times to fail. They handcuffed the shit out of that guy. Mm-hmm. And the sad part is that I had to be part of that. And so sometimes he hated me because of it. But they handcuffed the crap out of him because they... I don't know why they wanted it to fail. They wanted the money they brought in, yeah. but they didn't want the show to succeed. Well, they didn't want to pay him is what it was. They wanted to establish something that they could. And, and I've seen this with, with all these media companies. They want to get a guy in that draws people, and then they want to build two or three other clones that they could pay less money and replace the, the guy that draws the big money. That's always how it works. And that's probably what they were trying to do with Triv, too, or they were waiting Triv out because he was getting older. You know, they were waiting him out, just thinking, well, we'll already have this audience built. And it hasn't worked from from everything I understand. You know, the no, I've, I've seen the ratings. It has not worked. Yeah, but but you know that's what they were what they were hoping for. They were hoping I honestly and I don't obviously I'm you might know better than me, but if I had to guess, I would say they were hoping that Triv would retire and would anoint somebody, whoever it was that they were gonna replace him with. Triv would go on the air and say, yeah, this is the new guy. I've, he's got, you know, he's got my endorsement. So then they could bring in the new cheaper guy and they would get all the Triv people because Triv endorsed it. But that may have been the plan, but I don't think so. I honestly, and this is just me talking and nobody has told me this yet. Uh, but well, scratch it. I, I know people. It's not like I don't know sure. people over there that I've talked to. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact that some of the management just didn't like Triv. Sure. And they wanted him gone. They couldn't get rid of him because of uh, the money that he brought in. Well, and and, and the fear of him going across the street. The guy was approached by NCX and other stations to to, to leave TAM. And he could have easily done that. And quite frankly, he should have done that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he would have taken me and being stuck without him would have really sucked. Uh, But that's what he should have done. And and. I honestly believe it was a spiteful, hateful way that they treated the end of him. What they did was erased all of his sound. They right. banned his callers. Mm-hmm. Jim. Um, and and they, they made a mockery, basically, of what the, the legacy that he created. Yeah. They just played him. They just played him like he was just one of these. They played him like he was Les Levine or somebody, or you know. And I'm not trying to denigrate Les Levine, but you you know what I'm saying. They just made it like he was just another guy that was here in Cleveland. Absolutely. You know they uh, didn't they didn't treat it with the hey this is a guy that really carried Cleveland local radio for a a lot of years. I mean yeah. decades. Whether you like Trevor or not. Um, you listen to Trey. Yeah. And then on top of that, you have to respect what he did, what he did in, in the, how he got his job and how yeah. he maintained his job and how he succeeded through all the crap that they made him do. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, the guy, 
as radio goes, his story is is the same as if you take a a guy that becomes you know the a big builder like that builds billions of dollars of buildings and he started because he found a hammer on the street. You know, it, it, it's that same story. Triv was a caller for God's yeah. sakes. Right. You know, I, I remember hearing Triv. I, I was young kid, little kid, and. And I remember listening to Pete Franklin. Pete Franklin was my shit back in the day. Right. 7 to 11 on 3WE or whatever it was at the time. And um, I just remember listening to Pete Franklin, and then Triv would call in, and Pete Franklin would kill everybody. Everybody that would call in on Pete, Pete would be like, what, are you an idiot? You know, of course the, of course the Indians lost. They stink. You know, that was Pete Franklin. But then Triv would call in, and, like, he was, like, the recognizable caller. Yeah. And he, he literally took that from being the recognizable caller to being maybe the most famous DJ other than Alan Freed in Cleveland history. Yeah, absolutely. And and nothing pisses me off more than talking about this because sure. Look, I know how Trip felt about me at times. I believe me, I do. And sure. Jim and Sandy, I know that you guys are sitting there going, no, you don't. You said a lot of shit about you. But I know for what he thought. Right. And, and it's not like I'm stupid. Um, but I also know that there were times that we got along. And I know there were a lot of times that him and I did things together that, you know, we talked a lot. Mm-hmm. And the way that they treated that guy should be a crime. Because yeah. they, they erased... Uh, history of, of radio that that shouldn't have been forgotten yeah and, well and and you know the the thing is is i mean and i know a lot of the people that are listening and are commenting and stuff here they're they're the triv hardcores and i get that what what really you don't hear anything about is the casual people that were not necessarily triv hardcores but just triv was a part of their day because they were in the car from five o'clock you know, they were in the car from five to six, so they caught an hour of trip from five to six. And, you know, those people are gone now. They've gone on to, honestly, the landscape itself has changed so much now, even in the years since Triv passed, year and a half or whatever it's been since Triv was been a year and a half, roughly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it just in that time, when you think about it now, radio, radio was already becoming a dinosaur, but now it's stuck in the tar pit. You know, it's podcasting is so much bigger you can pick what you want to hear you don't have to you don't have to listen to stuff that you don't want to hear and you don't nobody wants to be spoon-fed corporate shill junk anymore and they've made it so easy that even even non-techie people can get a podcast on their phone now and play it in their car yeah and and richard brought up rush and yeah you don't have to be a fan of Rush either, but Rush mm-hmm. did change the landscape of that kind of radio also. Absolutely. And you're talking about a guy that did a show by himself with no sidekicks, no nothing, other than a guy he talked to off mic on occasion. Yeah. And he could do a show without even thinking twice. You could do three hours without even blinking an eye. Sure. And it was what radio was supposed to be like. And, and mm-hmm. now it's not. Now it's garbage. Dude, there now was... There Take was a jokes t- and everything yeah. nonstop. Mm-hmm. There was a time there um, when um, when I my whole day 
was I, I would be one of, if if I was somewhere that I had my satellite, it was all Opie and Anthony. That was my thing. Yeah. I was big into O and A. But if I was somewhere that I didn't have my my satellite with me, or you know, like a workplace or whatever, <clears throat> it was all TAM all day. It was yeah. Glenn Beck to to Rush to Triv. You know, that was my day every day, and I would I would wear headphones and I would listen to Glenn Beck and then. And then Rush, and then Triv, and that was that. That carried me for six, eight, maybe eight years. Yeah. So I, you know, I mean, that was, and I'm sure I'm not alone in that. I'm sure there was tons of people that had that same exact thing, and and it was good because you got informed of stuff, and at the same time, you know, especially Glenn Beck, I never like he's probably my least favorite of the three, you know, because I don't know. Sometimes he was kind of a goof. You know, all his, well, let's get some, let's get the duct tape out and tape our heads together so they don't explode. And, you know, he'd start into that rant and I was always like, kind of, you know, that ain't my deal. But, but that's, that's, that was, that was quality radio back in that day. Oh, yeah. That's gone now. There's yeah. no, there's no quality. Yeah. Instead, you, I mean, what can you listen to in, in, in Cleveland now? You can listen to what? Rover, who, well, he had a friend. Or he has a friend that, you know, did whatever. That's Rover's whole catch. Me and Matt used to make fun of that all the time. Because every time Rover, Rover starts every story with, well, I've got a friend. It's like, well, how many friends do you have, bro? You know, that every every day you have four different friends doing four wacky things. You're making shit up. <laughs> so, you know, there there was that. There was, um, you know, Geraldo for a little while that was just... I don't know what that was about, but you know, <laughs> I don't think anybody. <laughs> you know, I I didn't understand what was. There were going times on. where I kind of liked Geraldo. I mean, because yeah. Geraldo kind of, at times, because I know there's gonna people out there mm-hmm. that are like, no, 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 but at times, uh, Geraldo rode the fence of being more moderate. Right. He's on Fox News on occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't. Man, I hate to say this, but his wife kind of drove me crazy because he put his wife on. And his wife is extreme left, right? Um, so it kind of drove me crazy. But I, I liked Geraldo to an extent, and thought he was. A, yeah, I've always, I, I guess, I always thought he was funny. Right. Um, Glenn Beck, I really enjoyed back in the day. Glenn Beck, I thought was, I think, almost better when he was an alcoholic. But he, <laughs> um, actually, I, I still listen to Glenn Beck when I can, and I listen to him. Triv actually had Glenn Beck on numerous times, and okay, Glenn Beck actually came on after Triv passed and, and said some very nice things. And wow, um, so I mean, radio, yeah, radio was good. I, I don't know, I'm trying to think. Look, Rover, I I disagree with the only two to the extent that there isn't anything else to listen to other than him. Yeah. What, what else do you listen to in this town? I mean, Wills and Snyder, I guess I like, but yeah. if anybody knows Wills, yeah, Wills off the air. Is one of the funniest, kindest people and greatest people I've ever met in my entire life. So is Snyder. They're yeah. fantastic, great people. And Wills is one of the funniest dudes I've ever met. Right. But you don't get that. No, you get when a you milk listen toast. to the radio because it's all. All right, eight fifteen. We're going to talk to ABC. Eight o'clock. Yeah. News, weather, traffic. It's like you don't get it. Yeah. Well, that's. And I just know for me, man, it's where I checked out is, you know, I'm so thankful for podcasts because I, I, I mean, and I have an army of podcasts on my phone. I have like 35 podcasts that I am subscribed to. And I, and 
I never get bored now. You know, it's it's if I want comedy, there's pot there's a podcast for it. If I want straight laced stuff, there's a podcast for it. And some of the shows, even even some of the guys that are like on the radio, I like getting just their podcast because it's shorter, like Dan Bongino. You know, I, I like Dan Bongino. I would never listen to three hours of Dan Bongino. That's just yeah. that's just too much, you know, right wing butt kissing for me. But, um, you know, I could take about an hour, and that's what he does with his podcast. He gives you an hour. Right. You know, and, and even, like, I, I still listen to the local, like, Ken Carmen, you know, who I find to be entertaining. But I can't listen to his show because I can't take the callers. I just can't take the endless callers about, so who do you think we should trade for to make yeah. the Browns a Super Bowl champion? Yeah. I, I can't deal with that. But they edit all that out in the podcast. So in the podcast, well, you just good. get him and Anthony Lima talking, and then they edit all the callers out. So it's great. You know, so I, I've really just gotten to be now, I don't need to hear anything at a certain time. I just need to hear it. And that's that's kind of how I run my day. Even the rock stations, though, even like rock, I mean, I listen to, you know, O&E, and I listen to, mm-hmm. you know, MMS and stuff for some of the music. But even the DJs on the stations are, just it's crap i mean it's, mm-hmm. it's fluff it's bullshit you can tell it's recorded yeah it's just no good and radio needs a resurgence and it needs a resurgence of local and it needs to get rid of this corporate crap that yeah they're feeding because everything is recorded dude and, i just think it, the, the genie's out the bottle though no man i i'm t- this medium that we're on now is the medium when you see when you see guys jumping out, Pat McAfee jumping out for, you know, a quarter billion dollars, you know, to do, to go to ESPN and what uh, and whatnot and still be part of YouTube, the the day of tuning in in your car is done. And now the, the cars all have internet in them, the newer ones. And now they want to get rid of AM radio cars. Yeah, which is, that's crazy. I mean, I'm with you. That's nuts. That's absolutely nuts to try and do that because you you're really gonna the reason they want to do it is because they want to shut down the right the right from having a an outlet because a lot of those right wing oh, yeah. shows are are on AM radio because you know Clear Channel that's not the Clear Channel way. I but you you can still get podcasts. Rich is sad you can't get podcasts on AM or FM in the car, but you could still listen in the car. Yeah. I mean, get them on your phone. Yeah, and there's a isn't there a listen live button on our, the website? I mean, well, it Is depends on what. Yeah, I mean, you could like I I know the the guys over at um, XRK they use the Audacity app or Odyssey app A U D A C Y I think. Yeah. And um, yeah, you can you can either get the podcast or if you want to listen live, you could just push a button and listen to them live, or you can hear like the last hour. So. If if they had an if they had an interview at seven a.m. and that you wanted to hear, and you missed it because you got in your car at eight o'clock, you can just push a button and it'll go back to go back an hour. So it's it's actually pretty cool. You can listen to this show on in your car. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just sync your your phone up to your car like most cars do now. Yeah, you can listen to this show without a problem. Yeah, just sync it up or run it through a a cable or anything. Yeah, you can absolutely listen to this in the car. Another bad move was when TAM lost Browns games. Well, I mean, it wasn't like the station's choice. I don't think they chose it. So who covers the games now? 
I, I haven't listened to radio in years. 92, 850. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, I guess that is right. Yeah. 98.5 even has the games, too. It's like, a, and that's one of the things that drew the Browns away is that they could get a multi station deal. Yeah. A bunch of different things uh, with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, I just think five, you know, and it's weird because we've all been claiming radio's death now for 20 years and it's still around. Well, there. Yeah. But, you know, I, I really, the way people listen and consume data now and people are so there's you know that that obvious lack of of willingness to give things time it's only going to be so long before before people just stop completely listening to three-hour shows where they're just going to want 10 minute 10 minute hits here and there you know that's more and more the way we're getting to these days i mean dude how do you view youtube do you go out there and find a three-hour show no. Or do you go out? I know you. You go to TikTok and you're like, "Hey, here's 20 seconds. That's perfect." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I want it now and I want it quick. Yeah, that's what she said. Yeah, but, well, yeah, but, it's, but it's the truth. <laughs> it's it's a it's the it's the truth of the situation today. People don't want, and, and it's weird because the biggest podcasters <clears throat> are are all the exceptions to the rule. Joe Rogan, Adam Carolla, uh, Mark Marin. Uh, you know, McAfee, you know, they all do long form shows and they work, but they are the absolute exception. 99% of the people like, I I mean, I do long shows, whether it's this one or whether it's, um, you know, classic metal shows, six hours. That's a long show. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, that, that is a long Saturday, every Saturday, but I, I can watch our numbers. I can watch our numbers like on, on YouTube or the, the analytics and I could see at 10 minutes, it falls off the cliff, you know, no matter, even if we're doing something engaging, if we're doing something engaging and we have the audience engaged after 10, 12 minutes, bloop, audience cuts more than half every time. Yeah, I, I know. Believe me, I, I keep an eye on all that stuff too. Um, I just thought, <laughs> um, and, and going back to originally we were talking about, Triv saw all this coming. Mm-hmm. Like him and I used to sit in the parking lot and check the temperature, smoke a cigarette, whatever. Sure. And it would be talking about radio and talking about the future of it. And he saw the destruction of that radio station. He saw sure. the the moving towards podcasts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, half the commercials we ran during his show were about podcasts. Yeah, iHeart was trying to promote. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can buy if I wanted to, and it doesn't cost that much money, and add on that radio radio station to promote this podcast. I probably yeah. should do that. Um, I don't know. Maybe management wouldn't approve it, but I I could do that, and they would run it because they promote these podcasts are on, on mm-hmm. iHeart. We're on iHeart. Yeah, and, yeah, you could. It, you could say listen to us on on our iHeart station, and and why not? Um. But he saw all this shit coming, and I—I I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of glad he's not around to see it. Uh, yeah, he wanted to do a podcast. He wanted to do like a mafia podcast, which would have been cool. Which would have been way cool. And it's yeah. like, Seth, how do we do this? And I was like, I don't know. I didn't know first thing about podcasting, <laughs> so I was like, um, let me ask. Yeah. And when I asked management, of course, they said, "Oh, you need like a hundred thousand listeners to get on iHeart for to do a podcast." Now, Please. again, I think they're probably just feeding a bunch of crap that right. they didn't want them to do it. Uh, but 
it would have been super duper easy for him to do that podcast. Yeah. And he's like, well, how do we get paid for it? I said, well, that's a different story, Trip. We're going to have to, you know, you got to do a lot to to get paid. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's it. But he could have made that happen easily. He could have gotten sponsors for a podcast and and done that. Of course. And he would have started off with 30,000 listeners day one. If he was if he if he if he was smart, which I know he was, he would have absolutely been saying, "Hey, we're going to be launching a podcast July." He'd be now. If he was on the air now, he'd be like, "Yeah, we're launching a podcast about the mafia, starting July 1st. You know, here's a link yeah. to the website. Uh, you know, to get yourself the app or whatever it is that's gonna that's gonna run it, and and boom, you know, he would have had thirty thousand, forty thousand subscribers day one. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And then it, you have 40,000 of anything. There'll be people that'll spend money to get their name on it. And, and the sad part is, is that I are probably missed the boat by telling him not to do it. It, it would have been mm-hmm. a great thing for, for the podcast channel that they have or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, they were podcasting Triv. They yeah, were podcasting the show. Cause I used to get that podcast. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it's one of those things where it was me or Carmen at the end of the day, editing it and slapping it up there and, you know, it's the same show that you heard, but he was talking mm-hmm. about something original, which would have yeah. been, you know, pretty interesting. Um, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a different animal these days, man. And I, I personally, I, I can watch, like, again, I'll pull back just to my own thing because I see the numbers to my own thing. When we do the, when we do Classic Metal Show, we do roughly 3,000 listeners live, you know, live over in the six hours we do right. like three thousand that's a pretty good number you know that's not bad for an unsponsored uncensored you know raw thing three thousand is a lot live but when i cut it up and put it out to come out on the podcast through during the week and the the videos of it and stuff that are that run we do twenty thousand a week it's just people don't want to be told when to listen to stuff anymore yeah and they want to be able to say, yeah, that's not my thing. Boom. You know, oh, those guys, they're talking about porn stars. I don't want to listen to that. And they, you know, they want to be able to move on. That That's the, the landscape we're in today. And it's just different, man. And that's why I tend to not pay attention to whatever the live numbers are for me. I, sure. I pay attention to who's listening after the fact. Mm-hmm. Because I'll get comments throughout the week saying, hey, heard the show. And yeah. They weren't listening live, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I was always used to, all right, how many people are listening today? Yeah. You know, we'd get ratings based on everything. They could break down the hour. If yeah. they wanted to see how many people were listening during the hour. And But that's not the way that this kind of stuff works. No, you know, you can listen at midnight if you want to up yeah. and you miss the show because you're working or driving or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, dude, I've been beating. I've been beating you every time I talk to you on the phone. Yeah, I, I say the same I, thing. I, Cut I, it up, put it out a little piece every day. Make it, it, make it somebody's morning show, and and that comes from experience. You know, with with CMS with Classic Metal Show, we do five seg. It ends up being five segments, five one hour segments, and then an hour of music in between that fills. That's that's kind of the the method for it. And we put out the five segments a week, one a day, and I, I get ten emails a week that people, especially if I if we miss a show, like if Neely's traveling or if I'm traveling or whatever, right. 
if we miss a show, I get a hundred emails that are like, dude, what's going on? Where are you guys? I don't have any morning show to listen to now. (laughs) And it, it, it cracks me up, man. And it's, you know, I mean, I've built radio stations. I have a, a streaming, I have several streaming stations now for, you know, that I've built. They never do the numbers of the podcasts because right. the podcasts let people pick and choose what they want to hear and they let them hear it immediately. And that's that's the difference. How much do you think it would cost a 4 p.m. block? They're pretty cheap if you go for like the, uh, there's like a uh, app or a site that you can go to for like traffic commercials. So it would be awesome to hear like Olivia doing traffic and say, <laughs> "Yeah, this traffic report brought to you by the Seth Williams Show yeah. on iHeartRadio. <laughs> and I would just love to have that. I'd love to have a camera on some of the people at, there, at the right. station when she says that. Uh, but it's actually only a few hundred bucks, I think, for you know, spots yeah. for that. Yeah, it, I mean, radio, is not, it's not that expensive. Depending, It depends on the show. But I, I know, like, for, you know, I, I do a lot of advertising stuff in Pittsburgh for Pinball PA, and it's cheap. It's, like, 60 bucks a spot or so. If you buy, like, a block of 10, right. you can get it for, like, 50 or 60 bucks a spot. And usually it's, well, you get a few at this time, and you get a couple at this time, and, you know, and you just space it out. But How does radio know how many people are listening? They used to have a book. Um, that people had to fill out and then send mm-hmm. it in to see you know what was going on and how many people were listening. You could lie on that book, oh, by the way. Now <laughs> they have these things called people meters or whatever. Right. And so they have like, I, I guess it's almost like a pager or something that you walk around with and it picks up right. what you're listening to. The shit part is, is that if you're in a grocery store and there's music or a radio station playing in the background or a doctor's office or something like that, then it gives credit for you weren't listening. Right. If you were this meter is picking stuff up. Um, ratings and radio are really, really rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. A lot of it is political anymore. I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know that I believe any of it anymore. Where's Masaccio? I'm waiting for Masaccio to actually get a picture on his screen. Yeah, looks like he's having internet issues. I don't know. Uh, it's all sending in 50 bucks. <laughs> nice. I know I had that book once. Yeah, if you could. If your friend was on the radio and you wanted to say, "Hey, I listened to my friend," you could just write down what you want to write down. Right. Or if you have a meter, I mean, you could leave your. For all I know, I mean, I, maybe I'm completely wrong. You could turn your car on and stick a meter in there and let yeah. it idle for an hour and a half. Yeah, I thought that I had read somewhere that the book now was the way they figured out ratings was. They took the online listeners and they knew what percentage that was of the total audience. So then they could figure it out that way. I don't know. We were always mad because we weren't getting credit for online people. And we're saying, okay, you're pushing podcasts. You're pushing all this shit that's online. And then we don't get any credit for it. You're telling Mm -hmm. people, listen here. Yeah. Go away from your radio and listen to the podcast. Go away from your radio and listen online. Right. And we don't get any credit for it. Yeah. And that's where they keep bonuses down and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it is. Well, Masashio's not getting any. <laughs> I'm going to try just for fun. Nope. There's nope. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot. I think he's in. I think he's in Van Aken today, which is like in a. 
It's almost like in a mall. Okay. Well, that ain't good. <laughs> so we may not be talking. It's... Hey, there he comes again. We'll try. We'll see if he pops in. Mm, still no picture. See, after all this, you could do 10 tomorrow on the tuck issue. Yeah, I wanted to get into the tuck. Wait, there he is. Kind of there. <laughs> it looks like he's frozen. <laughs> uh, should, I, should I try? I guess I can. You could try it, but I don't think we're going to get him. No. Nope. <laughs> he had a whole script for me to say, too. So I'm going to read when he actually shows up. I'm going to read right. what he wanted me to read. Maybe. Maybe, because it's, it's really looking like he doesn't have any good internet at all today. Wow. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, I'm sure wherever he's at, it's fantastic. Um, yeah. We may not find out, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We may, yeah. Have to, we may have to table this till next week. It's one segment I don't have to cut up tomorrow. Yeah, there you go. Good Lord, because this ain't, this ain't looking good. Did he get cannoli? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's had an Italian joint today. Yeah, I don't know where he is. I know where he's not. Here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we'll okay. back with Tony. We're going to come back with um, talking about tucking your junk. All right. Well, great. Yeah. All right. Hang on. What separates Triv's restaurant in Strongsville from everybody else? Some restaurants you go to to eat the same thing over and over and over. But then there are restaurants like Triv's where you want to go there every single time and eat something different until you have eaten every single item on the menu. Why? Because the food's delicious and it has been for almost a quarter of a century. Triv's has amazing food, outstanding service, and an opportunity for you to have private dining, special events, and intimate occasions. You can enjoy a memorable fine dining experience in your own dedicated intimate space. Visit Triv's in the heart of Strongsville. Call now for reservations, 440-238-8830. Triv's in Strongsville. Joe Burdick custom flags are amazing. Each flag is handcrafted to reflect the imperfect perfection, making each piece of patriotic wall art unique. This is a local small business, veteran owned and proud. Joe Burdick creates symbolic artwork that is built to last. Display your spirit, pride, and patriotism by calling 440-305-305. 2065 and let Joe's flag serve you. 440-305-2065. Joe Burdick Flags. Let me introduce you to Charlie's Auto Repair. Any car, any truck, any problem, Charlie's does it right. You know how it is. The check your engine light comes on, you put air in the tires, and the light is still on. 216-470-0170. That's Charlie's Auto Repair, 13728 Madison in Lakewood. Charlie can do it all, from small engine repair to fleet maintenance and system diagnostics. 216-470-0170. 
470-0170. Charlie's Auto Repair. Let Charlie make your car great once again. Right back here on the Seth Williams Show, Chris Aiken from Chris Aiken Presents, CMS Network, Classic Metal Show, many different things. Yes, sir. Um, hanging, and I appreciate everything. Sure, sure. Um, good old technology. Yeah, still in. <laughs> right, Tony, Tony is trying another phone, so we'll see what happens. There he is. I mean, I don't know if it's... I'll try it. I guess I'll try it, man. I, I don't know. If I'm not, we're going to something else here. Okay. Tony Masashio, how are you, my friend? Hello, I Tony. am great. Can you hear me? Let's go to Tony Masashi, our restaurant reporter who has been on me? the big truck. Yes, we can hear you. Everything that you said. And good night, Tony. <laughs> All right. To tuck or not to tuck? That is the question. I, I, what am I supposed to do here? I think he finally heard me say something because he's laughing like yeah, it's, half it's, hour it's later. It's delaying so bad that it's not going to work. Yeah, it's not going to work like that. Yeah. So. Unfortunately. Try and get me in. There you go, Tony. I think this is probably entertaining at this point. Yes. There's somebody. Can you Hi, Tony. hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Can you hear me? Still. Okay, go ahead. Start my introduction. Oh, Jesus. You want me to actually do this? Okay, I'm going to do it. I got to get it back. All right. Let's go to Tony Masaccio, our restaurant reporter who's been on the Big Chuck and Little John show, the Mike Trevisano show, my show. What else have you been on? I've been on marijuana. I've been on Section 8. <laughs> and a bad phone. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Wow. And a bad, and a bad internet connection. Can you guys? And if this is crazy, I am in a complex here. Can you hear me now? Yes. I am actually at great. I am at Market Hall, Van Aken District. So behind me is an actual food court on the Wurnsville Center Road, Chagrin and Van Aken. It's a complex here right in Shaker Heights. As you can see, it's very busy here on a Wednesday evening. There's probably about... 12 different restaurants right inside this place. Anything from pizza to pastries to actual alcohol. And I'm going to see if we can walk and see this. Guys, how's my audio? Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, just keep talking. I'm good? All right, yeah. perfect. Guys, guess what? I found liquor. Look at this. It is a full bar with beer on the wall and a full line of liquor. Actually, I'm going to grab my friend here who owns one of the bakery shops right inside this complex. She started a few years ago, and her name is Ivy. Ivy, I'm going to put this in that right. ear right there. Let's see what <laughs> the other one. Let's see what happens. That's the wrong one. No, the other one. You're right. Go ahead. Let's, and then you're over here. Guys, we good? Can you hear us? Yeah. Ivy, Seth, Chris, yep. say hello. 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 I give your story about how you started. Oh, okay. I was basically started out as a pie company and we kind of did a pivot to the cupcake tray. Can't hear Tony. Perfect chocolate cake. You can't hear her? No. Nope. Here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. 
Cupcake company over on Van Aken somewhere in like a shopping plaza. Yeah, and I talked about how shitty fucking radio is on the other channel. <laughs> Welcome to this show. Yeah, no kidding. Good lord, that was not good. But <laughs> we may have to try again on Monday with Tony because that yeah, because that's not gonna happen. Yeah, that wasn't good. He said he's tried like two different phones. Okay. <laughs> Where do you even go from that? Let's just go into the tuck story. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, let's do let's do a hard a hard left here. Uh, <laughs> to tuck or not to tuck. Yeah, to Tony or not to Tony. Um oh, shit, he's coming back. I don't even want to attempt this. Well, let's see if we get a picture. <laughs> We're never gonna talk about the tucking story. I'm trying this one more time, Tony. Then I'm kicking you out. No, we can't hear you. <laughs> no, we can't hear what we're just saying. No audio. <laughs> the picture's great, though. Yeah, we got a great picture finally, but no audio. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Oh. Okay, we're good? Yes. Yeah, I hear Perfect. you. Perfect. I can hear you. I can hear Ivy. <laughs> Let's try this one more time. Show's over, Tony. We got to go. Tony's the show's, show's over. over. <laughs> Tony Masaccio, live at the market Tony, yeah. talk into her face because that's when you are the loudest. 
fine. There you <laughs> go. Face. Perfect. This, Perfect. Is, this is like Ebony and Ivory show right here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> go ahead. I, tell Hi, story I'm Ivy. We have Ellie Mae's Gourmet Cookies here at the Ben Aiken District. We started out as a cupcake company. Uh, well, as a pie company, we were in the cupcake craze. We kind of pivoted to do cookies. We sold cookies out the trunk of my car for a long time. And then we kind of went over. Yeah. We went to Bishop Mall and now we're here at Van Aken District. We're doing very well. And now we're opening our second location in Coventry in July. Awesome. So yeah. I remember when I was in Bedford and my dad had cans of oil and cans of windshield washing fluid in our garage for our window closures. I said, I said, Dad, where did this all come from? He said it fell out of the truck. So this is kind of like the same. <laughs> there you go. I know. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> so anyway, she's opening up a new location in Coventry, which we will be at. Which a, that whole area is great restaurants. I mean, awesome. Mexican, just seafood. For those Asian, of us Asian, for those of us who remember that, the Coventry is really pumped back. Turn to her face again. Her face. Oh, like this. Is yeah. this better? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it is better. All right. We got to get this little device that you guys are talking to me about because right now I feel like Graham Bell just invented the telephone, guys. You, you look like Joe Biden smelling her hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it smells good, too. <laughs> that is creepy, but funny. <laughs> You're having fun doing this. Well, anyways, when you're at Ellie Mays and you're picking up cookies, make sure you get a strawberry and mango smoothie. All right. I got to I got to keep the daughter in college, and I also <laughs> have a wedding I have to pay for oh. next July. Nice, so, nice. And don't forget to get a cookie. And don't forget to get a cookie. Absolutely. You have the best chocolate chip. Guess what, Seth? You know what? We gotta get you a diet free cookie. We'll figure it oh, out. What? Sugar free. Sugar free. Oh, we'll figure something we'll out. Figure it out. Okay, yeah. so here's a lady who doesn't eat sugar, but she sells a hell of a lot. So, hey guys, real quick. So next week, I am going to give you guys a surprise. It is one of the top restaurants in Cleveland, Ohio. You guys are going to be amazed. So it's really cool. Great. Hey, real quick, there is a psychological disorder that is true with sunlight a man can actually get aroused now that's talking about <laughs> rise and shine love you guys i will see you next wednesday tony. everybody knows tony yes chris no it's seth tell her i said thank you for playing along we appreciate you being on <laughs> yes and uh, no, you thank you guys everything looks great i'm sure the cookies are fantastic you got to get out there and check it out so thank you yeah, yeah. i appreciate and, that and thank you, you know what when she does the coventry i'll make sure there's an internet there yeah for sure here's a beautiful complex and i can't get internet this is insane anyway <laughs> welcome to welcome to shaker heights yeah, right. you guys are That's awesome fun. You call the cops, they'll be here in a minute. They will. <laughs> <laughs> There's no internet. There's no internet. That's why everything's so expensive in Shaker. But anyways, guys, Tony Masasha reporting live at Shaker, at Shaker Heights, at the Market District. Everybody loves Tony for the Seth Williams Show. Don't forget, you can tune in every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on 1490 W-E-R-E -E between 10 and 11 o'clock. We'll see you then.
Thank you, guys. Thank you, President Masaccio. Appreciate it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Where do we even go from that? I don't know, but it was funny. It was that was funny. Jeez, oh, man. It ended up being all right. The place looks great. She played along. She seems like a very nice lady. Yeah, absolutely. But boy, when, so she gets her hair smelled like Biden and gets to hear about how the sun makes dicks hard. Jesus, just what she wanted, I'm sure. She, yeah, she's wanted to promote her cookies. <laughs> I'll go down there and check them out, though. And oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and like everybody says, oh, you need a sugar-free cookie, sugar-free cookie. Look, look, dude, I can have a sugar cookie every now and then. Just can't have eight of them anymore. Yeah, I'm just not pounding on the bag like I used yeah. to. Yeah, it's not a row of Oreos anymore. No. <laughs> I did actually buy some Oreos. They're okay. like the thin ones. Right. Uh, they came out with Oreo thin, so there's less sugar, less fat, less carbs, and all that kind of stuff in these little things. And they still taste pretty good. Okay. But it is a struggle not to eat, like, all of them. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. All right, Target. We got a little time left here. Yeah, absolutely. For a few, because uh, a lot of people were talking about it earlier, and a lot of people were texting in about it. Uh, mm-hmm. To tuck or not to tuck. Yeah. I'm uh, gonna stop you right here before you even get into the story. Yeah. So when you when you said we were going to the story, I I was trying to have it on my screen, yeah. and I quickly just uh, I I googled tuck your junk, figuring that would pull it up. <laughs> it didn't. No, but it, it it pulled up the clinical definition of tucking. Oh, really? Would you like to know the clinical definition of tuck, of tucking? Yes, there there is a medical definition for this. All right. Tucking is defined by the Transgender Health Information Program. God knows why we have that. Okay. But um it is it is defined as ways one can hide the penis and testes. Such as moving the penis and scrotum between the buttocks or moving the testes up into the inguinal canals. I-N-G-U-I-N-A-L. I've been there. (laughs) It looks like Italy, like the Venice. It's right next to the Panama Canal, right? Yes, it is. The inguinals. (laughs) I took a gondola down the inguinals the other day. (laughs) But, dude, what a... The fact that we even have a definition for this. Yeah, it's slightly uh, disturbing. So Target yes. put out a, I guess for the, now I got to get all the letters right because I saw this this morning and I don't want to leave anybody out. Okay. It was the LGBTQ, but then they added. IA plus. IA plus. Yeah. I don't know what IA plus, I, plus obviously there's more, but IA, I don't know what that means. Incel. I don't know what A would be. Androgynous, maybe? Maybe. Maybe that's it. Incels um, and androgynous, plus anything else they can make up on their way. So Target put out a line of clothing for, you know, it's Pride Month starting June 1st. And it was a whole bunch of rainbows and all kind of, you know, different kind of clothes and stuff for the, the community, which is fine. Do whatever you want to do, I guess. But um, they also put out Tuck bathing suits where you can tuck your genitals. There was a story out that they put them out for kids. I don't know if that's true or not. They did put out, uh, it looks like sports bras and stuff like that for any sex. Right. All combined in one big thing. And it was going to be at the front of the store. Like you walk in, you'll see everything. Um, Apparently, yesterday they had a panicked meeting 
uh, because they don't want to become the next Bud Light. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they want, you know, are experiencing backlash from this and they, they are removing some of the clothes, but they're moving the display to the back of the store now. Yeah, they're, they're trying to slink away from this. <laughs> That's what it seems like. Yep. Now, the problem that I have with this, if you're going to be loud and proud, then do it. Be loud and proud. Be yeah. proud of what you're doing. If you're going to be supportive of the community, then go ahead and do it. But then take the shit for it. Did you say loud and proud or loud and poor? <laughs> well, that's the way it's probably <laughs> going to work out for them. But what I like about this is that I feel like the right is finally standing up for themselves mm -hmm. and saying we've had enough. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're straight. I don't care if you're whatever one of the letters are you could be whatever you want mm -hmm. you could be trans you could do whatever you want sure but you don't need to make the front display of your every target store the focal point to yeah. be that one you're teaching kids things whether subconsciously or whatever in my opinion you are and you should let people and kids figure stuff out on their own and two it's not the majority of society no, we've had this 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 thing going on for the past few years yeah. of the minority, the squeaky wheel, I guess, gets the grease. Um, well, dude, what it's been more—I I mean, and correct me if you think I'm wrong on this—but what it's been is it's not only the squeaky wheel getting the grease, but it's also most right-wing people don't have time or energy for things that they feel are stupid. You know, and, and let's be honest. I look I'm not I'm not a full right wing guy. I'm really not. I'm kinda of more in the middle. But I still I don't have time for nonsense like this. I don't have time to worry about to worry about, you know, tuck bathing suits and, and whatever. For me it's for me it's always like, yeah, do whatever the hell you want. I don't give a shit. Do whatever, you know? And I think it's been that way for a long time. But now I think most people on the right are just done with it. They're like, you know what? I'm not going to just keep taking, keep being quiet. Now it's time to fight back. Now it's, it's unfortunately become a time where you have to say, no, you're being an idiot. I'm not taking it. And I think that's what's happening now. Yeah. And I, I, I look, I, I'm not anti anybody. I, I could give a crap less what you do. It yeah. doesn't matter to me what you do in your bedroom. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't matter to anybody else what I do in my bedroom. And believe yeah. me, you don't probably want to see it. Um, but why do we have to make a, a scene over everything anymore? It, 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 quit being an activist over every freaking thing right. that we do in this country. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be an activist for everything. Not everything is offensive to you. You want to put out a line of clothing, just put it out. Well, I think what's been lost in the last 10 years is the difference between accepting and appreciating. I think we all accept that there's gay people doing gay things. I yeah. think that we, we've accepted. We all accept that. None of us are like, no, you can't be gay. You can't be trans. You can't be bisexual. Nobody is saying that anymore. But that's not good enough for those in those communities. Those in those communities, what they want is they want you to not only say, not only am I accepting it, but I hope my son or daughter grows up to be that. Right. And no, no, we don't. 
You want to go fuck a toaster, go right ahead. Go and do whatever it is that you want to do. But don't expect me to celebrate the fact that you're doing that. You know, and that's that's kind of where I think right wing people have gotten to the point where it's like, no, we're done. We're done playing this game and and we're pushing back. Yeah. And I, I again, it, it comes off as being anti-gay or whatever. I'm not. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not either. I just don't care. I mean, I never thought it was my business what anybody does yeah. in private life. Uh, I don't walk around on the street with a straight flag. I don't expect somebody to walk around on the street with a gay flag. Just just live your life, man. Mm-hmm. And again, this country has become so overrun yeah. with the minority of people. When I say my, minority, I'm not talking about black or white or this. I'm just talking about a small group of people yeah. that seems to be offended by something all the damn time. And we need to now stand up. We need to now throw our shit in everybody else's stuff. Mm-hmm. And well, I don't dude, like it. Dude, being offended is the new power grab. Back in the back in the day, in our day, the way you got power was by achievement. But we've taken that all away now. The way you gain power now is by complaining. Yeah. Now I, I want to play just a, a a little bit of this video. Sure. Um now I just want you to think about this. Did you ever think that you would hear this stuff even ten years ago? But much less twenty or thirty years ago. Okay. Listen to this. Men do not menstruate. Only women menstruate. Now you can call yourself Cis men whatever you don't want. Menstruate, but trans men do menstruate. No, Same they as don't. non-binary people. <clears throat> Only women. Menstruating is not exclusive yes, to cis is. women. No, it's not. Yes, it is. So explain you're, to me as to why my body menstruated. You are, at if some your point chromosomes then. are XX and you're young, you menstruate. No. If you're XY, you don't. Correct. But what about trans men and non-binary? They're We're not excluding men. a whole group of they're, people. They're women who that dressed as men. You are not a man. You can pretend to be a man. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that goes on for like another minute. Yeah. But did you ever think that you'd have this conversation on, on a TV show or anywhere? Yeah. I mean, this is insane. Yeah, well, to answer your question, yes, Jerry Springer. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you heard these conversations. Not CNN or whatever that was. But these are the same fools that were sitting there saying follow the science when it comes to masks or anything else, which obviously wasn't true. Right. But they they want to pick and choose what to follow. I mean, it's crazy. And and I never thought that I'd have to sit there and have in the middle of a a daytime television show, I think it was Dr. Phil or something. Right. Have to sit there and listen to women or men can menstruate. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Look, but it's the power we've given up. I hate to say it, but it's the 10 years ago, 15 years. Honestly, back to back to when gay marriage was approved. And because that's that's what opened the Pandora's box to all this was when when gay marriage was was put in place, because then it was like, OK, now any everything's on the table. But but right wing people, because they didn't want to be called a bigot or they didn't want to be called a homophobe, they were afraid of being labeled. That's when we that's when this fight was lost. It was lost out of fear. And now I think people are finally pushing back and saying, I don't care if you if you call me an ist, pick one of the ists and you can call me whichever one you want, but I'm not backing down on my opinion. Right. And now it's starting to get pushback. That's why Bud Light can lose four billion dollars and Target is probably well on their way to losing. But yeah, Bud Light is actually buying back beer. Yeah. Because they couldn't sell it after what they did. 
And, and Target, I don't know. I mean, I guess hopefully we'll suffer the same kind of consequences. I don't, well, I don't really care about Target. I, I don't yeah, I, I don't. I don't shop at Target, so it doesn't affect me anyway. But dude, look if you've got if if you've got any sort of a a need, and Target is doing something that you do not fundamentally agree with. Why in the hell would would you not go to Walmart or just Amazon? There's something somewhere else where you can get your stuff. Yeah, and I and I mean those two. I'm not saying that either of those two are politically aligned in the the methodology that that me or you might be, but they're not. You don't see Amazon going out there and actively pushing an agenda as much as you know. What do they make? 150 billion dollars a a week or something? Amazon. Makes yeah, a crazy yeah. amount of money. The last thing I think you're going to see Amazon do is say, "Well, you know, here's our here's our pride line, and have it be the number one thing on Amazon's website." Yeah, it's twenty four seven gaslighting. This is what a communist takeover looks like, and not mm-hmm. like I don't know. Maybe it is, I, but that's the way that this country seems to be going, and that's the stuff that I used to get frustrated on the show talking about because I think it is pretty obvious the direction that one side wants to take as opposed to the other side. Yeah. And I've never been a left-right person. What I've been mm-hmm. is right and wrong person. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I, again, I'm not anti-gay. You can be whatever you want. What I'm yeah. against is mutilating kids, teaching kids that it's okay to, to change your gender when you're five, six, seven, eight years old, to have drag queens come in and teach children that this is something that is normal and accepted. Right. These are things that are not normal. Right. And it shouldn't be accepted. If you want to do it, do it. But one, leave the kids alone. And two, you don't need to put it in everybody's face because because it's normal for you doesn't mean it's normal for me. Just go live your life. Mm -hmm. Well, dude, isn't it amazing how we've erased the 18-year-old barrier? Remember, even five years ago, everything started at 18 years old. You couldn't talk about doing anything before you're 18. And remember, even us as kids, we couldn't drink. We couldn't do, you know, any of the stuff. I mean, drinking was obviously 21, or I I was like the last class of 18. But, you know, um, now you don't hear people even mentioning. You don't hear people saying what we all used to hear, which was, hey, do whatever you want when you turn 18. When you move out of my house, when you're 18, do whatever you want. Right. Now you're literally worrying about your fucking 10-year-old kid suing you for not letting you get a, getting a, a you know, hormone trend, hormone change or whatever you call that, hormone tran- transmissions or whatever. You know, it, it's crazy now. Yeah, well, this is true. I've always been there. We accepted it and walked on. Now screaming for attention. Well, I, I do think that's part of the problem is that I never cared. I never cared growing up whether yeah. somebody was gay or straight or whatever. I had, I know it sounds cliche to say, but yeah. I had gay friends. Sure. And I didn't think anything less of them or anything different about them. Yeah. And, you know, we joked with them the same way we joked with our the straight friends. If that's of course. Yeah. Because they were just friends. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of anybody. I'm not transphobic. I could. I, what am I afraid of? I'm not scared of anything. I'm, what I am scared of are my my child being influenced by things that they shouldn't be influenced by. Yeah. It's my job as a parent to raise my kid the best that I can. And with the amount of outside noise that there is now between social media, between 
the stuff that's going on with everybody as an activist, it's really tough to keep the reins on what your kids should be looking at doing or taught. Yeah. Well, and, and they're slowly but surely etching away your ability to raise your kids. That's really what it's coming down to. It's like, dude, I, I mean, think even, even back to like spanking your kids back then. And I'm not an advocate of spanking your kids, but you know, it, it used to be kind of a, you know, you screwed up, you got a smack on the ass. That was the thing. Now, now it's like they've got the kids are trained to tell the parents, if you spank my ass, then I'm going to call the police. Right. They've taken away your ability to parent them. And look at the society that we have since spanking has gone away. And again, I'm not an advocate for it. I'm just saying they pushed their way into into dictating how we raise our kids and look at the societal change that we have with this generation versus the last generation. It's a wide, wide difference. And there's only one really thing that changed. And that is the ability to raise your kids the way you want to. Now I'm going to play another quick video. 30 seconds. Go ahead. I don't have a whole lot of time, but this is, Again, I don't want to ever, I, I'm never going to get an abortion talk on this show because it just doesn't yeah, help anybody. Win. And yeah. nobody's going to win. And it's just an awful argument to have. Mm-hmm. But this is an example that I found of just what our kids are dealing with when it comes to teachers. Now, this is a teacher on the left at a college. Now, these people are in charge of preparing our children for life moving forward. Right. This is a teacher. You're not educating shit. This is fucking propaganda. What are you going to do? Like anti-trans next? Is that what you're going to do next? I mean, no, we're, we're talking about abortion. This is bullshit. This is violent. You're triggering my students. Oh, I'm sorry about that. You're, no, you're not. Because you I'm can't sorry. even have a fucking baby. That so you don't even know what that is. You don't even know what this is. Get this shit the fuck out of here, yo. This shit. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I want raising my kids and teaching them how to right. live. That's what I want in charge of my child when I entrust her to go off to college and learn uh, to prepare for the future. Yeah, yeah and and what 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 a great teacher that does not allow both sides of an argument to be made and let people make a choice. That's perfect. That teaches nothing. No, she's talking and, about their propaganda. She's the propagandist because she won't let the idea be be exactly put out there. College is meant for free thinking. It's meant yeah. to, you can decide what you want, mm-hmm. and it's not being taught anymore. It's, no. it's it's not. It's being shouted down. In fact, yeah, exactly. Many colleges, and I hate to say it because I know maybe some most people hopefully on this channel agree, but it's the right that's being shouted down. Hmm. Uh, I, again, if you have an opinion, I'm more than willing to hear it. Sure. But listen to mine as well. I mean, that was supposed to be the idea for the show. Unfortunately, right. it never really turned out that way. Right. Oh, I agree. Uh, is that... uh, I don't know. I, I... Speaking of radio, speaking of radio, Jeff and Flash will be at the Music Box Supper Club June 15th, talking about the Epic Days of MS. You should have them on the show. That'd be good. We should absolutely try to get them on the show. Absolutely. Uh, control and indoctrination of the children is how you control a society. Well, it was what it was. The playbook Hitler was going after. 
right? He had the what do they call those kids? The the Brown Patrol or something? The didn't they have a they had a name for that, yeah, didn't I they? The I don't remember what it was, but they wear the brown uniforms. Yeah, but I, I don't know. It's it's out of control at this point. People need to wake up, and I I think fortunately some people are waking up. Yeah, some people are waking up against these beer companies that want to change stuff just to be woke. Yeah, some people are standing up to Target saying, don't, "I'm not going to shop there because mm-hmm. they just want to be woke." People are doing stuff, and I think that's Hitler Youth. Thank you. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's. Dude, we're, I'm happy to see. I'm happy to see the pushback. I hope it's not push, too late. It, it might be, but we'll yeah. find out. Might be. We'll, we'll, we'll find see. out. But um, I'm gonna wrap things up for tonight. All right, there we go. Wow, that went quick. It did go quick. Appreciate you once again. Sure. No Tony Masaccio, check out. The Van Aken market over there looked pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Wednesday. Oh, no, today's Wednesday. Today's Wednesday, Monday. Monday. (laughs) Enjoy your um, holiday weekend. That's right. We're still going to be live, though, Monday. We will be live Monday. Right? Yep. That's still the plan? Yep. All right, so Monday, be here. Yeah, picnic going on. Put the... You know, the podcast on in the background. That's right. Take the iPad outside. Yeah. And uh, God willing, we'll have some fun stuff to talk about. And uh, we'll get into more. So thank you very much. And God willing, talk to you Monday. See you. See you.